HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by White Oak Pastures, a five-generation Georgia-based beef and poultry farm determined to conduct business in an honorable manner. For more information, visit whiteoakpastures.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. About music with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
Oh man. Happy post Thanksgiving. That one's get you up and moving. A little dancey, little dancing number. That's memory, two eyes, eternal sunshine from the Young Oblivion EP. And the genre is electropop, as iTunes told me. Is that is that an accurate? Yes. Okay. <laughs> an accurate electropop. Uh, welcome to a post Thanksgiving snacky tunes. Uh, we are full of turkey necks. Um, so shout out to mom for absolutely crushing it uh, this year once again. Probably the best Thanksgiving ever. If you want to hear mom's prep, hit pause, go back, listen to last week's episode, and please note that there were enough turkey necks for a Friday night uh, dip into, which is a, a new thing in the house. Um, shout out to Greg, who's out in L.A., who just saw Fleetwood Mac last night with uh, the full band, and he said it was it was amazing. It was amazing. And sitting in Greg's seat today is the one, the only Jay Strell. Strell, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thanks, Darren. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Yeah. You know the story behind that, why, why they have the full band. Um no, for Tusk, it's the, for Tusk, so so they did a video when Tusk came out, which is their 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 sort of double album that they did after uh, after Rumors, and uh, they did a video for it with the USC marching band, right? Where they do it at, I think it's a, it's it might be a Dodger Stadium or something. It's pretty funny. I don't even think Mick showed up. No, one of them didn't show up. I think it was John. I think he was probably so hungover or coked up he couldn't. Thirty years of coke and hatred. There you go. Anyways, I just wanted to throw that in. It's a great, but that's that's where it came from. Yeah, they had um they actually had uh some USC colors in the house last night, um, for the actual show. Um so shout out to everybody. But I want to welcome one half back, one new two snacky tunes, but Adam and Vinny from Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Co. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having us. Happy Thanksgiving, boys. Same, Same to you. You guys have a good one? Great. Yeah? Yeah. yeah too short. Too short. Yeah, f- four or five days really, really go quickly. Mine was about 36 hours. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you have a store to run. Um, so, Vinny, uh, you are a past guest. Adam, you're a new one. We met at this, I don't even remember, you'll have to excuse me, The it wasn't your dinner, but you had provided the fish for this all-salmon dinner. Oh, yeah. Cure, uh, Cure Supper Club. Mm, eat Up? No. Eat Up. Eat Up. Eat Up yeah. Supper Club. Yeah. Um, we had met, and back then you had told me that you guys were about to add a much-needed resource to the Williamsburg-Greenpoint area, which was a fish shop. Sustainable fish shop. And back in July, you guys opened the doors to what is the Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Company to much applause and much thankfulness to actually have fresh, good fish uh, that you can actually know where it comes from. So congratulations. Thank Thanks. you. How's it been? Crazy. <laughs> it's been the great. word crazy. It's been great. Um, I mean, what was it like? What was it like to open up, you know, not just a restaurant, but an actual combo retail store restaurant? And explain what the setup is for those who've never been. Sure. The setup is it's a retail market, fish market in the front. So you can buy whole fish, filleted fish, clams, mussels, oysters, lobster, all of that, raw, either whole or filleted um, in the front and take it to go, cook it yourself. Or there's also about 25 seats, 12 at the bar and a couple of two top tables. And you can sit and there's an open kitchen and you can get, there's a raw bar, you can get, you know, usually five to five or six varieties of oysters, clams. Um, sea urchins, things like that, as well as fish tacos, sandwiches, mussels, um, daily specials, chowder, things like that. Um, and so where did the idea come from? The idea came from, I've been living in the Greenpoint, Williamsburg area for a number of years mm-hmm. and been working out of a home office for years and cooking a lot. And had, uh, I've been a pescatarian for 13 years and 
found that the only place I could buy fish was Manhattan. True. Um, oh, at Metropolitan Avenue. Uh, yeah. What that. is without Shout out <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what is okay? So for those who don't know, there is one sort of well-known, more infamous fish shop on Manhattan Avenue that's been around forever. Um, I don't know anyone who has ever shopped there. I, I've shopped there, but you leave feeling terrible about yourself because you just—I don't know—I I, I hate to Remember dump that? on the store, but you know, you just. I don't know. You don't. You don't know where the fish is from. You don't know where it's from. The quality is dubious. The conditions in the well, shop. They, they are also always early. try to sell you. You know, like upsell the dead no. lobsters. Down, uh, down sell. Go down sell. <laughs> oh my god! You walk in. There's special deals on you know undersized lobsters that they got to move or things that have been dying or off the truck specials, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're just you go home with it. and You're like, I hope I'm I'm going to be okay. I hope my guests aren't going to be sick. So you've been cooking, you've been pescatarian, and then there's been a lack of actual places to buy. Right. And so originally it started as uh, just just wanted to have a market, maybe three seats, five seats, you know, at a counter. Really simple. And then, you know, you realize, you know, we talked to a number of people who have who have fish markets, and they said, if I could do it again, I'd have a, retail, or a prepared food component. Yeah. Because it allows you to move product um, a lot faster. And the key with fish, obviously, is to have super fresh fish, and you're moving it constantly you know yeah. by bringing fresh fish every day now how much what's the split on what you're doing of a of, uh, whole of fish sort of selling the product versus prepared food uh it, it really depends um i we've been finding that the retail market side is always co- uh, consistent across the board every day is around the same there's the same we have uh, repeat customers people come in they want the same thing or they're willing to try new things but there's people coming back all the time and new people coming in and then the restaurant, just like every other restaurant, has its good days and its bad days. Right. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, crush. We crush. just started a brunch. It's insane. Really? Yeah, it just came from it. It was it with was eggs packed. and everything. Oh yeah. What's a, what's a typical brunch menu? So we've got eggs Benedict with Arctic char. We've Not got uh, fried oyster breakfast tacos, so like soft scrambled eggs, fried oysters, <laughs> also shaved botarga, things like that. Uh, and then we've got. Do you make your own botarga? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, we've been making it with fluke. Wow, that yeah. is one of our cool. one of our fishmongers is all about curing, and he's doing our he's also doing our we do house cured gravlocks with Arctic char, um, wow. and botarga we've been using fluke for the botarga. What's the process of making that botarga? Yeah, a lot of salt, a lot of salt, <laughs> a lot of salt, mm-hmm. and, and weighing it down and kind of pressing it for yeah. a couple of days, and um, and we just shave it on everything. It's awesome. awesome. But we use absolutely we bring everything in whole, and then we take it. And we use every single part of the fish, uh, even the bones. The, well, yeah, that goes into fish stock, which right. we also serve or we sell fish stock. If you want to just buy it, bring it home, put it on your own chowder soups. Little, little fresh fish stock. Yeah, I mean, so we nothing is nothing goes to waste. Now, how big are these fish that you're bringing? Because it's a small shop. I mean, not small, but it's not large. Yeah. Uh, bigger than you probably should. <laughs> the, that catfish the other day, yeah, what was, was that? Thirty. It was like thirty-two pounds. Oh, okay, you're not bringing in seven hundred pound tunas, though. No, no. no. So, so breaking down a catfish, like what are you, what are you doing with the different parts of it? Um, I'm just curious. Like, what are you like with a catfish? Well, uh, with that one, it was even too big to the head and the frame was too big to stick in our pot. So oh. <laughs> we had to cut, chop it up, and and stick it in to make fish. But normally we'll take the collars of everything. The, the catfish mm. collar wasn't that great. I've been getting um, these amazing um, blue catfish from uh, Chesapeake from, from some guy in the Chesapeake that my cousin knows, and uh, they are an invasive species. So there's mm. no commercial restriction on them. They're just pulling them out of the water 
constantly, and it's delicious. It's not. It doesn't have that muddy flavor that Mississippi uh, catfish have. It's the same species, just it's uh, not indigenous to the Chesapeake Bay. So, um, so you guys opened in July, and what were some of the surprises of opening up both the, this store, something that you didn't foresee? And then also, I'm not going to say you're off the beaten path because that's just totally insane because you're right in the heart of Greenpoint, but you're not you're not on the main strip. You're not in Manhattan. Um, so what's it been like and what's the neighborhood response been like, especially from the locals who may have never had access to this type of fish before? Yeah, I think it's for the locals, it's, it's surprising. They come in looking for tilapia and really cheap salmon and a lot of, you know, flounder, fried, a lot of fried fish is what they're looking for. Um, and we're trying to kind of do something a little different with fish, like yeah. really high quality, you know, sustainable, traceable fish prepared really simply. So a lot of raw, a lot of very light, simple preparations, trying our best not to fry everything. It's very easy to fry oh, yeah. everything with seafood. Um, that being said, your fish and chips are awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Oh, I remember when you were in that day. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're trying. Anyway, they, they come in looking for, they also, every they all want to pick out their fish from the counter and then have us cook it. But the, it's set up right now. We're set up in a way that we portion out. Like we, we purchase in advance to be like, okay, we're going to have, you know, this in the kitchen for fish tacos, this for this. And we kind of make sure that the case is stacked for retail customers. Mm. And so if people come in and we just, it kind of screws up the, uh, the count, the count. It's just the sort, it's just the ordering and everything when, when it's a free for all. Um, What's the what's the fish retail community like? Because I know that all the butchers sort of know each other, but seeing how there's not as many fish retail people, is is there a community? Is there like oh I, I know a guy who's got some stuff coming in. You should go get some for your store. It's 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 more chefs. I feel like we have there's like a okay. chef community that comes in and they like we talk to you know talk to those guys and we also talk to the butchers a lot because people go to the butcher shops like Meat Hook yeah. and Broken Kitchen looking for fish and they send those folks to us and oh, people ask us about meat and we send them there and. Steve's meat market down the street. Yeah, um, you know we we go back and forth a lot, and you know there just isn't much of a. Season. Yeah, but I mean, also we have um, you know the Brennan from Lobster Place oh, yeah. lives yeah, in the neighborhood. Yeah. He comes in and hangs out, and like I know the uh, that guy, that guy figured it out. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got it. But you know we all we all talk. It's friendly. It's um it's do you, good. Do you guys do lobsters? Oh yeah, tons, yeah. tons. Yeah. tons. Crush, just crush them. Yeah, we tons. we. We bring in a lot of places use already picked or frozen lobster yeah. meat that they bring in, and they just pull out of a bag or defrost and put into lobster rolls. We bring in lobster fresh every morning, alive, mm-hmm. um, and we have a guy dedicated basically to uh, steaming the lobsters and picking them and picking the meat every day. It's like um, the Sisyphus of the fish market. Yeah, <laughs> he, it's uh, yeah. I mean, the lobster is insanely fresh. People are like, oh, how this is this tastes amazing. So, yeah, because it it was picked like 30 minutes ago. I really love your use of Instagram. I think it's it's a very tight game that you have on the gram of just showing you guys getting the fish a day before and saying like, hey, this is going to be in the store together tomorrow. Uh, and then it's there. It's just really awesome to, to see you guys actually out at the source. And so how are those relationships been fostered? Um, I remember one of you, the family has known those had those relationships for yeah. years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
Well, first of all, Adam runs the Instagram. I'm I don't I'm not even allowed to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you try and put up a, a photo and the numbers just dropped? <laughs> Pretty Your cloud much. score just dipped. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not even gonna try. I just you know if I'm on the docs, uh, I'll send something to Adam and have him just post it, filter whatever, hashtag everything. He's no good filter. at that. No filter. <clears throat> whatever. Maybe a few. Yeah, Maybe my, a few. <laughs> My family's been selling wholesale seafood out of Boston for 130 years. And I mentioned earlier with my cousin, I, all my cousins, my brother, my mom, my uncles, aunts, they're all involved in this one company in Boston called the John Nagel Company. Okay. Um, and I grew up there and I've been there my whole life. And um, so I, I've, I've actually got to know the people that work on the docks and the pier. And uh, now that the older generation is kind of moving on. The the people in my generation, in their thirties, are taking over, and, and it's good that I've known these people for so long that now we're, we've grown together and we you know started cutting the. I know I was starting repairing pallets and then moved on to cutting the heads off fish and then moved on and moved on and then now I'm here and I have my own pot, my own spot in Brooklyn. That's so awesome. Proud family, proud parents. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. Vinny left the business. To, he got a law degree and moved. To, I'm, I'm out and moved to New York to, to be an entertainment lawyer. And then uh, they I, I dragged him back in. Reeled yeah. you back in. Yeah, just yeah. like you know, Al Pacino and The Godfather Three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what, do, what are like? What do you think are some? What are, when on the retail side? What are you seeing that people are um, buying that you're surprised that they're buying Perhaps. or that. Um, and then on the flip side, is there certain things that are coming through that you're getting that maybe other places aren't? Or, you know, there's certain seasons for, like, say, Shadrow or things like that that people should yeah. be looking for? This is like seven questions at once. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I got, the pick, thing that pick the thing, whichever one that you yeah. want. Sorry. I'm surprised. So, uh, first of all, seasonality is very important to us. We want to have only the, what's in season, mm-hmm. what's fresh. And we pri- – we pride ourselves on hand-picking all the fish ourselves. And when we run out, we run out, and we're sorry. A lot of times people come in, they say, I can't believe you don't have lobster roll. And we say, well, we're sorry. We didn't have enough. We, we sold out of everything. Yeah, um, we'd rather run out than have yeah. leftover product and be passing that off to people. You yeah, know? right. And we don't and people, even... people respect that. People understand that at this point. They're like, oh, totally cool. What else you got? Oh, we got this, and it's amazing. You and know? you introduce them to new types of fish. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Um yeah, we we don't have a freezer either, so we can't even. It's it comes in and That's then it's great. out and then it's done. Was that a decision when you were make when you were building out the spot? That's convenient coincidence. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Um, but you know what? Yeah. The, the, there's a the, so I've been finding that when salmon season was in, we were just crushing salmon. Yeah, there's hundreds of pounds a week, which was I, I couldn't buy it fast enough. Right. And then salmon season tapers off in October ish, and now it's done and. I started bringing in char, which is a great alternative. It's mm-hmm. like a cousin, um, similar, similar color too. People come in, they say, "I want salmon." We don't have salmon; we have char. But uh, I've got a line on this great um, um, coho salmon that was frozen whole right after it was caught, and it's fantastic. And we got a case in from uh, uh, from a, the friend that actually came in and told us about it. It his family's company in Alaska and Sitka. Great product, and we put that in the case, and now there's no char being sold. So it's it's kind of the balance. Right, everyone's right, back buying the salmon, right, right, right. Yeah. Right, so right. it's like when you don't have the salmon, the char is just flying off the shelf. Yeah. So it's just trying to see when you put products together, one can cannibalize another. Gotcha. And it's just keeping that, you know, but learning. Okay, <laughs> what's gonna what's gonna push both or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna talk about the holiday season that just passed and is coming up.
So we have Adam and Vinny here uh, talking about fish and talking about lobster, uh, talking about all things Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Co. Um, and you guys were just, you're about to enter your first holiday season, and you were open on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, what prompted that decision? Uh, yeah, we, the market was open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Not, not the... Uh... The restaurant was closed. Okay. Um, but we had a number of calls asking if we were going to be open that night for dinner, and if we were open for lunch, which I get was that. really surprising. I get that. I mean, your, your spot is like a very holiday, fun, champagne, lobster, yeah. decadent thing. Yeah, but, um, you know, give the staff a break, let people go home and have dinner. Yeah. So, but I felt it was important to have the market open because people are doing a lot of, you know, everyone's shopping to the last minute for food and people, especially with seafood, people like to wait till the very last minute to bring it in. And we had people who wanted oysters, but they wanted us to shuck them for them. And so they wanted to get their oysters, you know, two hours before, you know, dinner. So, uh, you know, it's fresh. They don't dry out. Um, and we had a, I could just feel it. We could feel it in the air. Like a lot of customers were asking, are you going to be open? Will you have this? And we're like, all right, you know what? Let's just, if we got a couple staff guys, you know, a couple mongers who are in the neighborhood, aren't going away and, th- and they don't mind, let's try it. So we, we stayed open for it. Vinny went to, uh, went to Massachusetts for Thanksgiving, but I was staying pretty local. So I figured, you know, it's be- and the people that came in were really appreciative. They yeah. were really psyched that we were open. It's a community thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like um, a resource that we're providing. So I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. There, you have to go to the city, right? Um, so Christmas is coming. Yeah. How do you think that people are going to be using the store? I guess we'll do Christmas, New Year's because you guys, you know, oysters, the more decadent fish and things like that, the lobsters. I mean, that seems like something that's going to move a lot. Yeah. Um, so, what's your plan for the holiday season? We're still figuring it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, the neighborhood we're into is predominantly Catholic, mm-hmm. and they have a pretty rich history of pretty insane seafood sales leading into Christmas. I'm, like every pastry shop, bodega, corner store, newspaper shop puts out like styrofoam containers of fish fillets on the right. sidewalk. Are you going to do a seven fishes dinner? I think we're going to do. I think what we're going to do is put out a menu. Mm-hmm like a suggested menu for seven fishes with products that we're carrying in the shop. So people are like, I want to do a seven fishes dinner, but I don't really know where to begin. It's like, here's a guide with recipes and a, sa- a suggested menu, and you can get all this stuff here. Now, would you ever do something like that as like a one-night offering, especially po- pop-up within the whole own restaurant? I, we'd love like to. Like a tasting menu type yeah. of thing? Yeah. I mean, we definitely have plans to do special events, ticketed events, things like that, that you know are seasonally appropriate. Have you done any yet? Not yet. Um... It's been busy, you know. The shop's yeah. been really busy, so it's how do we, how do we do it with enough notice and not turn off people who, you know, our regulars are coming in to get dinner, and it's like, sorry, we're closed for a private event. So we have some things in the works, um, maybe some spaces that might be conducive to pop up dinners, things like that. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to do it in time for this this for this time, this time um, but definitely something that we have we have in mind. For sure. Now, in addition to fish, though, I mean, you guys have other sea-inspired products that would make gifts as well, right? Yeah. What yeah, do you yeah. have at the store? Um, we've got a whole bunch of... I mean, there's a, there's a market. So right. in, in that market section, we have shelves, retail shelves full of sea salts from around, you know, around the country, mm-hmm. various sauces, condiments, oils, uh, a lot of cookbooks, some really fantastic seafood mm-hmm. cookbooks. Um, what else we got? We we make our own. Well, we don't make them physically, <laughs> but we have uh, Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Company branded 
oyster knives, clam knives. Ooh. Got some really nice tote bags. American, American made. Tote bags. Um, Watch out. Trending he- this year. Heavy duty tote bags. Heavy really. duty. Oh, yeah. Um, and any other specialties coming up for the holiday scene, like a Chipino or anything like that, that you're going to be doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i obsessed with Chipino. Chup- What's your recipe? Because, I mean, everyone has their I, own. I, I can't. You don't have to tell me everything. <laughs> I'm saying if I'm staring at a bowl in- of Chipino that you made, what are the things that are going to be staring back at me? Oh, there'll be shrimp, okay. scallop, okay. calamari, uh, clams, mussels, probably some, some flaky white fish. Ooh, flaky um, white fish. I've been, I was inspired, my Chipino is inspired by, there's a guy in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, who has a place called Phil's Fish Market. I don't okay. know Phil's last name, but Vinny and I made a trip to San Francisco a year ago? Was that mm-hmm. it? Yeah, last Halloween. Last Halloween. And uh, when we made a trip down, we flew to San Francisco for 48 hours and we made the two hour drive down to Mossman Landing. Oh yeah. Believe it was yeah. And uh, that's where he's got this fish market and he's got this world famous Chipino. And we just gorged ourselves on this insane bowl of Chipino. It's crazy because I think most people feel that in San Francisco proper, there isn't really good Chipino. Or that's that's what... Anytime I ask someone who's from there, they say it's more of like a family... People do at home. ...thing like that, and that the, the public ones are... The restaurant ones are not on the level. This one was... But this wasn't San Francisco proper. No, no. this was like... The source. But this was like yeah. the original... From what I've been told, this is like, you know, everything stems from this one. Okay. It's an enormous bowl for two people. You have big sourdough bread. Lady and the Tramp. Oh, totally. (laughs) That? Totally. You started one in the sourdough bread, he starts the other, you wind up in the middle. Yep, yep. That's that's great. Crab legs, you know? One end, I had the other. Um, But no, uh, I had one recently. I went to a new restaurant, Upland. And uh, I tried the Chipino there, and it's with a like Korean spicy Korean interesting. paste. So it has this kind of nice kick, nice kick to it. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to do a Chipino. I want to do some heartier dishes. We might do some, you know, some risottos. Ooh. Start messing around with some squid ink. Very nice. You know, some like heartier, warm weather, winter time, winter time food. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the warmer seasons with you guys as well, and some rosé and some fish and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to thank you guys. Uh, I want to make sure I get all the information. So where where can people find out about the store? Get to, get to the gram, all that um, kind of stuff. So obviously follow us on Instagram at Greenpoint Fish. Um, if you don't have Instagram, our Instagram feed gets posted to our website okay. at www.greenpointfish.com. So you can follow along there. Um, we're at 114 Nassau Avenue at the corner of Eckford, just two blocks off the Nassau G train stop. It's pretty, and you can also, if it's a nice, or even semi-nice day, you can get off a of Bedford and walk up. Oh, it's yeah. a great walk if, to the park. If and, you're scared yeah. of taking the G. That's what I did today. It was easy. Yeah, super easy. And you got brunch and you got dinner. And lunch. We open, uh, we do some lunch specials now. So we're doing, uh, you get fish, an order of fish tacos, our kelp noodle pad thai, a bowl of chowder, half dozen oysters, and a Narragansett tall boy for 20 bucks. All that? All that. One of those. Oh. <laughs> I was like, damn. So, yeah, okay. You're the numbers guy. You're the dreamers. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. There we go. Um, well, I want to thank you guys. Um, stick around.
just can't. You're so damn sweet, but there's no chance I like you. So you just don't know what about me. You're really nice, but I just can't. You're so damn sweet, but there's no chance I like you. So you just don't know what about me. I thought there was a spark with us. Now who am I supposed to trust? You wanted her instead of me, so now we're in kid history. So we have Memory with two Ys, a.k.a. Sean, uh, in the house. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Uh, who is going to be walking around the corner to Greenpoint. Uh, That's right, yeah. Uh, My neighborhood week. stomping ground. Are you? Do you cook a lot of fish? I don't really cook that much. Oh. Thank God I well, live with my fiancé. Okay, we'll okay. Get, okay. We'll get it, don't worry. <laughs> oh, your fiancé cooks, though? She cooks. Not enough seafood, so we're going to have it. to change that. Well, now you got the source. Yeah. Just wait till we start doing classes. Are you oh, really? really? Is oh, that yeah. on the that's, agenda? That's, that's okay. Oh, yeah. Damn. I'm down. So awesome. I got to well, learn. Well, Sean, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Uh, loving the EP. Thank you. Uh, talk to us about the EP, how it came together, um, how long you've been in New York, et cetera. Okay. Um, probably six years ago, I moved from L.A. Oh, how was that reverse move? When I first did it, it was really scary. Yeah? But it needed to have... I lived in L.A. for 10 years. 10 years is too long to live anywhere, I think. Yeah, I'm about to hit 10 years in New York. Okay, you're going to have to flip like I'll I flip it. Yeah. Do you, do you still have your room out there? No, no, no. But <laughs> when I go back, I got too many couches to stay on. It's great. Oh, yeah. I like how surfing. So you came out here. How did you deal with your first winter? Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm an East Coaster originally. Uh, okay. So it was like a return to the roots, and I just was not ready for it. Yeah. I still don't have a good winter coat. You know, it's <laughs> the best investment I ever made. Yeah. Winter coat, winter boots, r- proper raincoat. Raincoat's actually the secret in New York. The proper raincoat, raincoat, proper umbrella, Stutterheim, worth it. Hmm. Being being dry all day was like was a novel thing. It was like oh, so you come out here. Yeah, where'd you move? Straight to Greenpoint. Um, let's see. I was subletting at first South Fourth. Okay, like Williamsburg. Shout out to the Berg. Yeah, and uh, ba- basically, L.A. Chapter was closing for me. I was I was in a band out there called the Squares, and that okay. That, shout out to the Squares. Shout out to the um, Squares. <laughs> and all that stuff was coming to an end, so I started messing around with electronic stuff. Okay. At the same point, I moved out here, and okay. then kind of. I heard your band is selling guitar. <laughs> no, no, no guitars. Okay, no guitars. Since since yeah, I'm a synth guy. That's me. Since always. Um. 
Let's see. Uh, synth birth. <laughs> synth birth. You see this tattoo here? Oh uh, yeah, this, it's a synth. The this is a key guitar. That's the first keyboard I ever had when I was like six years old. And did you did you have the strap? Yeah, I had a strap. I like every camping trip or a car trip, I'd be in the back seat with my headphones on, rocking out on that guitar. So awesome. Yeah. Old McDonald on the guitar. <laughs> Something like that. Something yeah. Like that. Something so you, like that. So you moved to uh, you moved to Williamsburg. You're fucking around with keyboards. Fucking around with keyboards. Yes, right. We That's swear. Right. Yeah, we swear. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, we, the, we just put down a pitcher of beer. Get a little loose. <laughs> the the first thing I did uh, was called Kittenberry Crunch. Okay. I did a couple things with that terrible name. Okay. It's great slash terrible. Do you want to um, say where that name came from? No. Okay. <laughs> That's better that way. Leave that one to uh, the archives of the internet. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, but at, at some point, put together a band mm-hmm. as Kid Mary Crunch. We were playing, 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 and we're like, we're not going to go anywhere. Where were you name. playing back then? Um, R.I.P. Glasslands. Oh, not yet. Soon to be. I'll never play there again, probably. But um, you're not getting back invited back for last month. I I don't think they've invited me. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, at some point we realized it was time to change the name. And okay. Two EPs ago, we did. Okay. To memory. To memory with two eyes. How did you pick memory with two eyes? Googleability. Um, <laughs> the, actually, it's terrible. You, you still can't find it. You have to put quotes. I think. Oh really? It's always like, did you mean memory with one eye? It's like no, no, no. no. So you changed the name, yeah. put out two EPs. And then that was before the latest EP, right? No, I'm counting the oh, latest one as the second. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So you put out the first one, and what that was called? That was called Electric City. Okay. And then between the recording of the first one and the second one, you made a big decision. I I didn't make a big decision. I I was talking to you about it earlier. Yeah. I was like, uh, at some point, Memory became like a big band. It's yeah. Like, too many people, too many decisions. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. So I, uh, I basically told everyone I wanted to do it solo. So How was that conversation? It was the longest email I ever wrote in my life. It, I rewrote it like five times. Short novella. Before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, this one's too harsh. I'd, like the fifth rewrite was perfect. And okay. it was sweet. And I was like, ah, it's not you. It's me. You know? Yeah. Wow. Over- so, still friends. We're all still friends. Okay. That's, yes. That is more than some people could say about their past bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you decided to do that. And was that just so because you had a clear vision that you didn't want to compromise on? Yeah. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Um, I wanted to return to my original roots of Kittenberry Crunch, which started me and my laptop. And which it just the kinda, people were asking for, right? Uh, the people wanted it. You know, there's big demand on YouTube. <laughs> K- Kittenberry, where are you? <laughs> I just want to get back to um, being a producer, really. That's so great. this album, I, I co-produced it with a couple people. I think you know Tim from The Golden Pony. Love Tim. Shout out. Shout out to Golden Pony. Uh, Golden he did Pony. a track, Brother Tiger. I don't know if you know him. Chill Wave guy? Chill Wave. Chill. Not familiar, but love well, the name. He likes synths like I do. So Great. It was a, it was a beautiful marriage. Uh, can we hear a song? Oh, my God. Yes. Are you going to rip one on the synth? I'm going to rip one. Uh, so here's the thing. This is my first performance not with a live band. Okay. It's just me. This is totally different for hey, me. Man. I want to give a sh- little warning to, oh. to the people. You know, you know, no one would know if you didn't say anything. <laughs> well, it's, you'll know. You'll know. Okay. Um, all right. Well, here we go. Memory here live on Snacky Tunes.
Third time. Third time's the charm. Keep on sleeping, girl.
Synth magic, my friend. Synth magic. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, what is your writing producing process list now that you're sort of just in there with like one other guy? Where's the editing come in? Um, it's This album was really weird because I, I thought I had the songs written first and then okay. I went in there and I rewrote everything 20 times. So sometimes it was like Brother Tiger throwing some ideas at me. Uh, and then sometimes he would go on tour for a month, and I would just tinker with stuff and change yeah. stuff. And he'd come back, and everything was changed, and then he'd be really mad. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> hey, it's the process. Hey, man, you went on tour. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, what am I supposed to do? Sit what? around? No. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? No. No. So what's the live show like now? Um, or what's the live show going to be like now that you don't have the band? That is the best question of all. Because well, I don't thank know. You so much. I don't know. Yeah. You don't <laughs> no, know? I, I put together a live band for uh, support of the Any album the same when guys? it came out. Uh, same drummer. Okay. Same drummer. Great guy, Dan Rossi. Shout out. Shout out, Dan. I'm just doing shout outs everywhere. Uh, just a whole one hour of shout outs. One hour of memory shout outs. This week on Snacky Tunes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> top top show ever. <laughs> yeah, he just listened to names for half an hour. Sort of weird. Woo! Um, so you have the same drummer, live band. Yeah, I put it... It was kind of some of the people who played on the album. Okay. Were playing live, but I, you know, I only had like a four show commitment out of these guys. So we did CMJ, we did CBGB Festival, and now I'm back to recording and i i might entertain doing the solo thing if this works i mean three third times a charm last song that was terrible yeah but that was no sound check that was no sound check uh how was cmj this year um i didn't go to that many things no i did i know well also there was an e- ebola outbreak you know oh yeah at the bowling alley right uh, yeah that was E-bowling. the night i played uh, the, my show, no one wanted to go, wanted to go to my show because everyone wanted to get ebola at the bowling alley way harsh Way harsh. Uh, yeah, CMJ is not what it used to be. God bless him, but no dice. I had a great time, though. Yeah? Where did you play? <laughs> Where did I play? Um, I'm going to blank on the name. It's on Greenpoint Avenue by the water. One of those bars. I don't know. Uh, Greenpoint Avenue Come on, the... Greenpoint, guys. Greenpoint Avenue by the water. Cameo? Lulu? No, Coco? Coco? Yes, that's yes, that's it. Oh, Coco 66. Whatever. Co- is it still Coco 66? Uh, yeah. Really? It's new management. This week. Yeah, this week. You know the story of what happened there, right? No. The guy lost his liquor license and then was taking liquor from the restaurant, selling it at the bar, and the SLA came in and destroyed 20K of... That's what I heard. Can't I'm going to say, yeah, disclaimer. Right disclaimer. Now. I think that they came in, they, they poured everything out, yeah. and that was the end. That's um, not that's, cool. that's, you don't do that, guys. That's the rumor. Harsh. I, I, won't, I, won't, I can't co- say that that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so how do you feel about the Greenpoint Brooklyn music, music scene now, now with like... DBA closing and Glassdance closing. It's and the end of an era, man. It yeah. really is. Are you feeling it? Am I? No, I'm not. Fe- <laughs> no, no. Are you f- not not feeling it? Like this is great. Like awesome. No. Shut down my favorite venues. No, no, no I'm no, saying, no, no, are no, you no, feeling no. it as a musician? 
Like and like the the lack of places to play. Well, it's New York. There's still too many places to play. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite place? Um, actually, I I love the Knitting Factory. Yeah. Yeah. The sound guy there is badass. Shout out. Shout out to that guy who mixes stuff. Um, but I mean, do you feel that the music scene in New York is changing with the closing of these venues and things getting pushed out, or is it just the same story just repackaged? Yeah, I think it's the same. I, I mean, the the dirty hipsters moving in are going to have to move farther out to, to play their music. So the next big music scene is going to be Ridgewood, Ridgewood Queens or something. I was right? going to say. Yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think Ridgewood is going to be probably the next center of music. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> For a moment, I thought I was going to, when I just moved, I was going to move back to Ridgewood. Um, and then I sobered up the next morning and I was like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck, forget that. Um, do you want to rip another tune? Sure. Well, I guess ripping another tune. What would you say? Would you, do you want to synthesize another tune? No. Well, I'd actually want to serenade. Oh, okay. No, okay. So this was my big dilemma was like <clears throat> trying to figure out what to play solo. Yeah. And the thing that comes really easy to me is like lounge versions, like really That's fine. slow. So here's the, the first single off my new album, Young Oblivion. The song is called feels like the first time it's a ballad warning alert i'm gonna get all sentimental it's fine but you have a fiance right is it about her no comment no oh see see how sexy that sounds oh yeah yeah. all right memory two wise here live on snacky tunes pardon the self-indulgence
Nice. Sorry for my self-indulgence. No way. That was great. Well done. Thank you. So what's next? I mean, I, I know you're going to be back in the studio. <coughs> Are you going to just crank out like another EP? Is going to make a new EP every month? Um, I wish it was that fast. Um, I, I probably have the material for the next EP right now. I'm just It's just a matter of finding people to mix it. I, I like to, you know, now that I'm a solo guy, uh-huh. my collaboration is with producers and mixers and that's... That's what, where I want to collaborate next right now. Do you have any dream you, collaborators? You know who was on the show that I would love to work with? is Blood Orange. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That guy. Wow. That guy. That Blood Orange show was quite a few years ago, my friend. I just listened to it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. It's great, though. He's great. great. He's so good. I remember that. We were hanging out the Sunday night before, and he was, doing, he was really into magic tricks. Right. Yeah, he talked about, a he, lot about magic. Magic tricks. And our guest canceled that morning, and I was like, do you want to come on? And he ripped some tunes. Man. He ripped. Awesome. Oh, he's so good. His new live show. Yeah. Did it's, you see him at a uh, Central? The, yeah, I did. Ah, I was there. It was, it was good. good. It was good. Oh, man. He can dance. That man can Wait, dance. Wait, does, what does he have? A broken arm or is it a broken? Is it? Broken knee. But I think broken it's fixed. Knee. Okay. I remember he was, yeah. For the show, he yeah. was, for the Central Park one, he was yeah. hobbling. Hobbling. But he's great. Um, so, yeah. So, Dev, do a little uh, Magic EP. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, that's great. So you're going to record, you're going to mix, and then hit the road? I don't know. Time will tell. I, I do have a lot of other projects. I'm, I'm producing a buddy's album. I'm writing songs for commercials and you're, films and stuff really? like that. Yeah, that's where I'm, I'm, I make the most money. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, out. soundtracking for commercials and films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything cool? It's a no-brainer. I just did a, a Pepsi... I don't know if it'll be on the halftime. I think it's just going to be on like their website. Oh, but cool. but it's a halftime Pepsi ad. So is it mostly synth music, or what are you laying oh, down no, for that? No, no, it, it starts off very symphonic, and then it gets dubstep. <laughs> well, I mean... I mean, those two just go hand in hand. Hand in hand. Now, wait, is it, li- is it live symphony, or is it just like, it's all... No, it's this keyboard here, actually. It's a Mellotron. Okay. Mellotron synth- symphony, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, the, the uh, orchestrated dubstep remix that we've all... So good. So good. Is it a good commercial? I love the commercials for the Super Bowl. Um, I, don't, I don't know if this is going to air on the... I think it's web only. Oh. It's 90 seconds. That's why there's no way they're going to spend uh, six minutes. That is not true. I wish they did, and then I'd be like, that's my song. But that's my song. It's Yeah, it's good. Is that a bucket list thing, having something that you scored play during the halftime? And that was a pun. Thank you very mm. much. 
Wait, I missed the pun. Scored halftime no. football. No, no. Uh, that's not on Cough. my bucket list. Cough. <laughs> um, okay, well, I want to make sure that we have enough time for one more song. Um, uh, and I, I want to thank you, but can you let people know where they can find your music, where they can find you? How's your gram game? How's your Instagram game? My gram game so-so. Guys, I need some gram love, so if you're out there, it's, it's memory man. That's two Y's. Memory Y. Man. Memory Y. And uh, you can get myself SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. That's great. That's it great. It doesn't sound anything like these versions. Well, it sounds like <laughs> it's, it's something like it's this. something like that. It sounds like just go back to the beginning of the show and listen to the opening track. Yeah, that's yeah. indicative of what it is. Sure. Um, all right. Well, I want to thank uh, Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Co. Thank you, boys. Jay Stroll, thank you for color commentating. Thank you for having me. Uh, shout out. We have one fan in Paris who made our mom's sweet potato pie. Her name is Clementine. So shout out. And shout out to mom for crushing Thanksgiving and to the whole family. It was great to see you. Great job, mom. Um, and we will be back next week with some more food, some more music, and more delicious Roberta's pizza. What's the last track in tickets out with? Uh, this will be off the next album when it comes out. It's called Fine Predicament. Okay. Fine Predicament. First song off the, this is the first song off the new album. This is the sneak peek right here. All right, here we go. Exclusive. Snacky Tunes exclusive. You know we love it. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.
We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.